Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. We're going to get into the Word right now. We've been speaking on Overcomer. Everyone say Overcomer. Look to the person to your right and point at them and call them an Overcomer. Now, look to your left and slap that person and tell them you're an overcomer. Amen. How many know that you're an overcomer this morning? How many overcomers are in the house this morning? You know, that's all fine and dandy, but if you ain't gone through nothing, you haven't overcome nothing. See, you only, you're only an overcomer if you've gone through some junk. How many have gone through some junk in life? Yeah, you, you've gone through some things in life. You've gone, now, I'm not talking about, man, I don't have enough money to get the new Jordans. You ain't gone through nothing. I'm not talking about, you know, man, I'm really going through it right now. You know, I, 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 don't, you know, I don't have enough money to supersize. You, you haven't gone through nothing. All right? When you've gone through something, you've gone through a loss of a loved one, you've gone through a sickness of a family member, you've found yourself battling maybe through some marital problems, you've found yourself dealing with your children's issues, you've gone through some depression, you've gone through some battles, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking to those people that have gone through something this morning. I'm talking about those that have gone through some addictions. You've fought through some battles. You didn't let these things overcome you. You overcame them. You've gone through some battles. You've gone through something. But you can't be an overcomer if you haven't had any challenges in life. And so when we become an overcomer, you have to overcome something. That's the whole nature of what we're talking about. This morning, stand with me as we read in the book of John Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 33, these are the words he says. He says, I have told you all this that you may have peace. Everyone say peace. Peace. That you may have peace in your money, in your relationships, in your education, in your job, in your children. He says, I said these things to you that you may have peace in what? In me, all those other things are temporary. But only peace in God will you find is eternal. And so I need you to understand that Jesus says that you will have peace in me. Then he goes on and says, here on earth, why do you need peace? Because here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Somebody say many. Many. How many people know what I'm talking about when we say many? Yeah, you, you know, you've been through some things. Maria, what you've gone through, what you're going through with your daughter even now, with the, with, with, as a parent, I know what you're going through. When we see our kids going through something, and yet you're still standing, that's an overcomer. To still stand in the midst of, some of you in here, your marriages should have been over years ago, but you're still together. You're an overcomer. Some of you are like, well, we're just too stubborn to leave each other. That's all right. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Look at your neighbor, tell him, take heart. 
Look at the other neighbor that you slapped and tell him, take heart. I say to slap him again. I said, just look at him. But take heart because I have overcome the world. If the overcomer lives in you, guess what? Okay, you're slow, but you're worth waiting for. If the overcomer lives in you, what's that make you? An overcomer. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want you to understand, and we all recognize this. Hey, Tom. How you doing, man? You recognize that we all have a story to tell. In fact, how many of you, be honest with me, as we've been showing the Overcomer videos, you're like, my life can be up there. Lift your hand. All kind of, oh, two feet in, two hands and feet up in the air back there. There's so many of you that we could share your story and all of us would be like, no way. Oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. Because we all have a story to tell. We've all overcome something. Because the truth is this, the fact of the matter, there's an overcomer in every one of us. Your problems don't make you an overcomer. Making a determination not to allow the problem to defeat you makes you an overcomer. We all have problems. We all have sorrows, but you have to make a determination. I'm not going to let this thing defeat me. And so what, what, is, what is an overcomer all about? An overcomer means to conquer. It means to carry off the victory or to come off as victorious. And this morning, I want to share with you about an overcomer. I want to introduce you to a man that had every reason to give up. If he had given up, no one would have blamed him. In fact, take a look at his story. He had a good upbringing. He came from... Easy there, Kim. He had a great up, upbringing. Great upbringing. Everything was great. He had great parents. Came from a great family. His mom and dad were, were about middle class. They, they were good people. But something took place. Everything was happy. It was great until tragedy hit his nation. And all of a sudden, as a 12-year-old boy, all of a sudden... His mom and dad are killed. He's taken away from his family, taken to another nation, taken to another country. When he gets there, they castrate him. All the men say, no, no, your men know what I'm talking about. They're, no one said amen. They said, ouch. They castrated him. Because they didn't want him to be able to reproduce. So here's this young man that has everything going great in his life. And now his parents are taken away from him. His life is taken away, taken to a foreign land. And now he finds himself castrated in another country and finds himself as a slave to these other people. You see, you know, many people know him as Belteshazzar, but the Bible calls him Daniel. His name is Daniel. Daniel was a young man that found himself where everything was stripped away from him. In fact, let me, let me read to you what happens to Daniel. In Daniel chapter 1, starting in verse 1. It says, During the third year of King Jer Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave him, over, gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah and permitted him. Everyone say permit. 
He permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia and placed them in the treasured house of his God. Check this out. I want you to capture what's going on here. The nation of Judah was built up as a nation under God, much like America. But because they backslid, because they no longer followed after God, they started following other idols and so forth. As a result, God allowed them to end up under bondage. He allowed the enemy to come in, come in and take some things that had belonged in the kingdom. Listen to me. When you find yourself under constant attack and you find the enemy taking things that don't belong to him, you got to stop and ask yourself, have I opened myself up to things or am I doing the things that are right before God? We don't hear that very often. We hear about the loving God, but here God permitted. Everyone say permit. He permitted him to come in and take these things. But I want you to understand something. In the process of this permitting, God is still doing something. Look with me in verse 4. So select only the strong, someone say strong, healthy, say healthy, and good-looking young men. How many know I would have been taken? Young ladies, let me, let me talk to you for a second. Have some standards. Don't take the guy that's good looking, in good health, but has no brains. That he looks good on your arm, but when the wind blows, you could hear a whistling sound. It's not enough to have a good-looking person next to you if you have no ability to communicate with them. Set your standards higher. Someone that you can grow with educationally, spiritually, and physically. You you want all those things. Here, they're picking out the best-looking young men, healthy young men. They wanted the strong ones. And look what he says. Make sure they're well-versed in every branch of learning, gifted with knowledge and good judgment. In other words, they have good sense. How many of you have ever met those kids that just got no sense? They keep making decisions like, what are you thinking? I mean, is there any, do you have any brain in there? Do you have any, what do you do? Why would you do that? I was one of those kids, okay? And are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language, of li- the language and literature of Babylon. And the king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years, then they would enter, enter the royal service. They're about to be en- entered into this situation, but all these things are stripped from them before they do that. I want to ask you something. How do you overcome loss? How do you overcome when things are taken from you? How do you overcome when your parents are taken, your family's taken? It'd be one thing when you did something wrong, and it's another when things happen when it's out of your control. How do you you handle something when you didn't do anything and it takes place to you? How, How do you go forward when something is ripped from you? How do you go forward when your house is repossessed? How do you go forward when your car is taken from you? How do you deal when you find out all of a sudden your wife or your husband is leaving you or your kids are making decisions you don't agree with? How do you deal with loss? You have a choice to make. You can either get bitter or better. 
You can either go get bitter or you could become better. And that's the choice, and that's what's taking place in America today. We have to make a choice. And what I'm going through, is it going to make me better, or is it going to make me bitter? Is it going to make me better, or is it going to make me bitter? See, I can't control what happens to me, but I can control what happens through me. Let me show you how Daniel did it. Twelve years old. Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel... Determined. Everyone say determined. He determined that he would not defile himself. Let, let me share with you. How do you overcome? First thing I want you to notice this morning, overcoming doesn't happen by chance. It happens by choice. Okay, that was a really great point. You should have said amen right there. Okay. I pause for dramatic effect. Because no one got it. Okay? Let's act like I didn't say that. You don't have a clue what I'm about to say. Okay? Let's get ready. Let's do this again. Rewind. Overcoming is a choice, not by chance. Wow, you're amazing. You're, you're, you're amazing. The, the, the depth of you being able to grasp truth is amazing. See, Daniel determined, look at what determined means. The Hebrew word for determined means this. That means he placed, he put, he set, he established, he appointed, he purposed, or he determined. You see, I need you to grab a hold of something. He literally, like putting a stake in the ground, he said, this is my position. This is my stance. This is the way it's going to be. See, my friend, I need you to understand something. Dr. Miles Monroe made, made a statement one time. He said this, there is nothing more powerful than an idea, but there's nothing more important than its source. Let me explain it to you this way. Every action that you bring about, everything that you do today is a result of a thought or idea that was placed in your mind before. A thought becomes a belief. A belief becomes a conviction, and conviction then gives birth to action. And so if you don't believe that you are created in the image of God, then there's no conviction of following the laws of God, and therefore there's no, it doesn't produce the next thing of the action of walking like a man or a woman of God. If you don't believe that God wants to bless you, you're not going to walk in the conviction that you should be blessed. And so when bad things happen, you just go with it. You don't change it. Everything starts with an idea. And that idea becomes an action. So it stands to reason if we're going to change our actions, we've got to change our thoughts. How do I change my thoughts? I've got to change the source of my thoughts. Where are you getting your thoughts from? Listen to me. L listen very closely, my friend. If some of you are getting your thoughts of who you are by a disgruntled spouse, you're getting pictures or ideas that you're not worth anything. Stop mad-dogging your husband. <laughs> you got her in trouble. I'm just playing with you. Second, the, what, what ends up happening, if you see yourself through the eyes of upset parents of who you are, then you're never going to see yourself in the image of God. 
So it starts with the thought. So what, what, what do we do? How do we change that? We have to change the source of our thoughts. We got to determine. We got to make that choice that this is the way it's going to be. But, but follow me on this. It's too late to set your position once crisis happens. Okay, another pause for dramatic effect. It's too late when crisis comes in for you to say, this is my stance. You see, I don't make a determination. I'm not going to get divorced when troubles step in. I make that determination before we even get in a fight. Oh, somebody's got to hear me right now. See, I don't make a determination when I'm dating and I'm in the back seat with that girl or that guy and you guys are making out. I don't make the determination I'm not going to have sex before I get married when I'm in the back seat. I make the choice before we even get in the car. You make a choice beforehand. You have to set your position. And Daniel determined, even before it took place, he made a choice. I'm not going to defile myself. And I need you to understand that we can defile ourselves with our attitude when we're going through problems. Second thing I want you to know. Overcoming is based on the internal, not the external. It's all about what happens internally. See, let, let, me, let me get you to understand something. Daniel understood that his environment, he might be, listen, we're over here, he's with his mom and dad in Judah, learning godly things, taken now by a heathen country, transported all the way to the land of Babylon, which is today modern-day Iraq, finds himself in another country, strange gods, but... Daniel understood change happens inside, not outside. I can't control what's going outside these walls, but I can control me. True overcoming isn't concerned about what's on the outside. You know, there came a, there came a point where you're listening to the to New England Patriots when they were winning all these Super Bowls, and they asked Tom Brady, how is it that you guys keep on going? He goes, how, how is it teams can't stop? You know, what is it that you do against certain teams? He goes, we just, do the th- we just do what we do. And we execute better than they're able to stop us. We don't change what we're doing based on what teams do. We just do what we do so good, no one's able to stop us. You know what? We got to get so good in our walk with God that it doesn't matter what the enemy does. He can't stop me. See, Daniel recognized my environment's not going to change my character. Have you seen what happens with us sometimes? We get to church and it's, oh, God bless you. How are you? We get in the environment. God bless you. Oh, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. As soon as we get out to the parking, man, I hate that fool. That dude drives me crazy. Or we get to the restaurant and we drive and we're sitting there at the restaurant and they don't bring your food right away. What's going on here? And you know what? Most servers hate when Christians come in. Because y'all don't tip. I'm sorry, you do tip on Sunday mornings. You give your little dollar to Jesus. Oh, did I say that? (laughs) Daniel refused to allow his environment to change his character. You see, because we can go to the club and become one person, 
all of a sudden get around our friends, become another person, come to church and become another person. And we all of a sudden, we become these chameleons that whatever environment we get into, we become that thing instead of changing your environment based on your character. You were created to change your environment, not reflect it. You see, how do you do that? How, how do you deal with the storm in your life that's greater? When all the storm in life are going on, the only way you can do that is when the peace inside of you must be greater than the storm outside. When the peace in you is greater than the storm outside, you'll calm every storm in your life. You know, I'm glad you got that one. I'm glad. That, that was a good one. I was concerned that people weren't going to get that one, too. You know, we, our, our peace in us has to be greater than the storm outside of us. Amen? Many times we allow the problems that are going on in us. And, you know, you see them in church. You see those people when they're coming. Their bottom lips dragging so far down, they're picking up all the gravel in the parking lot as they're coming in. And as soon as you see them, hey, how you doing? Oh, you do. How's it going? It's those people that just bring you down. I'm sorry. I, I know we all go through troubles, but you know what? You have an overcomer in you. Do me a favor. Stop bringing me down. We all go through junk. We're all fighting battles, but there's an overcomer in you. There's greatness in you. You don't have to walk around. I know you're battling. I'm not saying be fake. You can be real with me. But listen, you got to understand that the, the storm outside of me will not defeat me when the peace in me is greater. <laughs> Last thing I want you to recognize is this as we close is overcoming is control in the midst of chaos. How many know what chaos is? You know what, I, I thought I knew what chaos was until we uh, babysat uh, three little boys this week. <laughs> oh, Lord. Three little boys that were four years old and under. Two in diapers. My, my daughter, my, my daughter looked like she had been strung out on heroin by the time we got home <laughs> after dealing with the kids. You know, and they're great kids. They're great kids, but they're just boys. They're just They're just kids. They're a storm in and of this. That's chaos. And we walked in. I mean, we're it, it's everywhere. Diapers and in the, in the, just laying, laying there. The kids are, are running all over the place. They got, you know, ketchup on their chin, on their head. They got, they got ketchup on their back. I mean, they're, they're, they're everywhere. These kids are, they're, they're just having fun. They're, they're boys. But you got to recognize in order to control chaos, you have to be in peace. So you have to have, I can't control what's going on out there. I can't control. So when my wife is amazing, she just flew out this morning to, to Denver to be with her family for a week. I'm bacheloring, bacheloring it for a week. I already miss her like crazy. But my wife is so calm in the midst of storms. She walks in. It's hilarious. It's just hilarious because let, let me share another story with you before we get to this one. The kids thought there were two Angie's. They thought there were two different Angies because on Monday, 
my wife came in, you know, they, they brought the kids and, you know, the kids show up there and my wife is playing with them and so forth, but she didn't have makeup on, didn't have her hair, you know, done up and everything. And she was in, in sweat. She was getting ready to work out after the kids were done. And so she was just chill. And so the next day on Tuesday, she's ready for work, hair comb, makeup on. And when she sends her, hi, guys, the kids look at her like, who are you? <laughs> They're like, who are you? <laughs> and Angie's like, it's me, guys. And they're like, uh-uh. And they start backing up. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't until my girls started taking care of They're like, there's two Angies. And they're like, no, there, there's, only, there's only one. Uh-uh, there's two Angies. There's two. We saw two. <laughs> what I'm trying to get you to understand is this. That in the midst of chaos in our lives, what that had to do with what I'm preaching, nothing, absolutely nothing. It was funny, but it was absolutely nothing. Being an overcomer, you have to be controlled in the midst of chaos. What I'm saying is this. It doesn't mean that being an overcomer means you could be rude. Being rude doesn't make you an overcomer. It makes you a mean person. It doesn't matter what you overcome. You see, let, let me put it to you this way. How you overcome is just as important or more important than what you overcome. Let me say that again. How you overcome is just as important as what you overcome. You see, I, I need you to grab a hold of this. Just because you're an overcomer, well, you don't know what I'm going up against. And then all of a sudden, we're cussing everyone out. We're flipping people off. We're ticked off. We're yelling at everyone. That doesn't make you an overcomer. That makes you rude. And then when you get on the other side, I'm an overcomer. I made it. Yeah, but no one likes you. We don't want to do no video of you. You've seen the bumper stickers? Mean people suck. How you overcome is just as important as what you overcome. In fact, this past week, how many of you saw on the internet, the, it's, it's gone viral, the, the 68-year-old grandmother, uh, Karen Klein, who was, uh, she used to be a bus driver, now she was a, uh, a bus monitor. She was driving on the bus with kids, and these kids are around 10 to 13 years old, and she was a monitor on the bus, and while they were driving, the kids started making fun of her. They started bullying her. And they started making fun of her so greatly and started calling, hey, Karen, you're fat. And they, 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 well, we were going to show the video, but we didn't want to promote her, how she was getting put down and everything. But they, they show... Ten minutes of these kids ridiculing this lady. She has hearing aids. She's a grandmother of eight. How would you like your grandmother to be treated that way? These kids were brutal. Just brutal. And one of the kids videotaped what took place. And he was trying to have it go viral and, you know, showing just everything that's going on. But it backfired on him. It went viral for the other reason. People started standing up for the grandmother. And people started posting, you know what, That's, that, that is sickening the way you treated her. And during the whole time, the lady didn't go off. She had a right to. You know, she had a right to go Medea on them kids. 
She had a right to get, go, get up and go Medea on some of those kids. And no one would have blamed her. It would have went viral for a whole other reason. Just slapping them kids like crazy. No one would have said anything. They would have been like, way to go, Grandma, yeah. And they would have went crazy. But how she overcame was just as important as what she overcame. What did she do? She stayed silent. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it, she said. And they made more fun of her. Someone saw this and they decided, you know what, I'm going to help Karen out. Started a website to raise $5,000 for her. $5,000, a lot of money. To raise $5,000 to send her on vacation. So this lady doesn't need to deal with these kids. She needs a vacation. We, let's send her on the best vacation we can. Hang in with one second. We're going to check how much money Karen has, uh, this website has brought in for her right now. $637,000. You didn't get that. $637,000. Not $637. Not $606,000. Not even $63,000. She, by the time she's done, because there's still 26 days left, to raise money for her. This lady's going to have three quarters of a million dollars that's going to be get all tax free. Why did they do that for her? Because of how she went through her storm. This morning, as we, as we close, I need you to understand. Proverbs 25, 20, 28 says this. A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. No protection. No security. Open to everything. How do you overcome then? As we, we take a look at Daniel, and we close this up this morning. How do we overcome? Number one, it starts with the choice you got to make a choice to overcome. It doesn't happen by accident. Don't let the junk that you're going through, yeah, it sucks what you're going through, but don't let it defeat you. Secondly, realize that God's in control. God loves you. And it comes down to belief. If God loves me, he's going to take care of me. And so if I respond correctly, I'll be elevated rather than pushed down. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And lastly, number three, you got to recognize you can affect your environment. You don't have to be affected by your environment. You know, what blows me away is how individuals, that, especially people when, when dealing with, it, with addicts, people that have been broken free, they're free from addiction. But all of a sudden, put them in the same neighborhood where they were actively involved in their addiction, and boom, they find themselves stuck all over again. Because they end up in an environment that they allow the environment to affect them rather than them affecting the environment. It's like an alcoholic hanging out at a bar. They can't do it. 
You can affect your environment. See, I want you to take a look at the screens and see an overcomer who was abused, not once, but twice. Had every right to give up, but in the process made a decision. You know what? I refuse to allow what happened to me to happen through me. And now she's making a difference in many people's lives. Take a look at this. My name is Catalina Lopez, and I'm an overcomer. I was the youngest of four siblings and grew up in Eastside San Jose. Mom and dad were a strong part of our lives. We grew up in a Christian home, feeling safe, loved, and protected. Then one day, everything changed. I was 11 years old, came home from school one day. Mom worked. Dad was working outside on a car. I go into the house, into the kitchen, and drop off my books. I head to the restroom. As I go into the restroom, I find a family member hiding behind the door. Then he grabs me, and we begin to struggle. I was violated by one of my family members and never told no one. In my heart, I hated him. A few years later, we get some new neighbors that move in to the house next door. I become good friends with the girls. So one afternoon, I get a call from one of the sisters to come over and hang out. When I do, she disappears, and I find myself alone with one of her brothers. He begins to force himself on me. I begin to fight. I couldn't believe it. Here it is happening again, second time. Facing one of the worst parts of my life, one of the worst hurts, and feeling helpless. I was only 16 years old, and for the second time in my life, I was being violated. To make things worse, a few weeks later, I find out I'm pregnant. Our families forced us to get married but they didn't know the truth. At 17, when my friends were planning their prom, getting ready to graduate, here I am, pregnant and married to a man who raped me. This man was so abusive, physically, mentally, hitting, dragging, you name it. A few years later, he went to prison for statutory rape. This had to be the lowest point in my life. A single teen mom with no education and no way to support myself. I didn't want to give up. I decided I had to find a way to support me and my daughter. So I signed up for Job Corps in administration. After nine months, I landed my first clerical job. Now married for the second time and with two new children. Now I'm the one hurting my family. I find myself with all this pain still inside, the wounds, the lies, the hurts, and no way to let it out to where I destroy this marriage. It comes to a point where he just leaves. And there I am again, single mom with two more children. Years pass, and I'm dying within. I still remember saying that small prayer. God, do you still love me? 
Am I still good enough? I remember that same day after I said that prayer, someone came knocking at my door and invited me to a block party. I went to that block party and there I met Pastor Dan and Angie for the first time. I started to go to church. I started to feel the love of God again. My life was so empty. And I, this was the first time in my life I had a God encounter. The first time I knew He accepted me for who I was. Not for what I've done, not for what I did, but because He loved me. My biggest battle was within me, and God healed me. I thank God that because of Him, my past didn't beat me. Today I'm married to one of the sweetest, most loving persons around. My daughters are serving God in Fort Worth, Texas, and I work for one of the second largest defense companies in Silicon Valley. I finished Bible college and internship. I minister to women on the streets and in prison. I'm no longer living as a victim. My name is Catalina Lopez, and I'm an Come on, welcome with me, Catalina Lopez. Enrigo Lopez. You're gonna make me cry, so stop. You know what's a what's a trip is that many of us come in. Sunday after Sunday, see this lady stand on the stage, ask to pray for people, stand in the gap for you and your families, and you see her and you think, wow, she has it all together. Never knowing the hell that she went through to get there. It's been said, I think by Winston Churchill, when you're going through hell, don't stop there. How'd you make it through? Wow. Um, I just believe that, you know, I had to do it for my daughters. I just knew the pain was so, I was just, I hated myself. Wow. I hated myself. I hated men. Um, just the whole generalization of the pain. Um, numb, just being numb. But I can really say, PD, that it was just looking at my daughters and going, somebody's got to make it for them. Wow. Wow. You go through not once, but twice. You have to marry, your parents force you into marrying the guy that raped you. You never told them that he raped you. No. How did you live with that? Oh, it was painful. It was, it was all I can say is I was numb. I, I could see why you hated men. At any time during that, that period, did you feel like you were damaged? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of shame, a lot of um, rejection. Uh, if people said they love me, I would like, sure, what do you want? Hmm. What are you expecting of me? Um, I, I always felt that people were just, their words were so, they were there, but they weren't there. Do you know what I mean? There was no feeling, there was no true love, genuine love there. So do you, do you feel that, in order 
for you to be able to move on, you had to first love yourself? Yes. <laughs> that was number one. How hard was that? That was very hard. You know, too. <laughs> we had our battles. <laughs> no, because I she, didn't. She never trusted me when she came to the church. She, you know, the block party, we were having Bible study at a house, and we decided one night to have a block party, invite everyone over and do a barbecue for the neighborhood. She happened to live right around the corner. And she was invited to that block party. Mm -hmm. But she never trusted us. We, we, we always, you know, there was always a, a, a bumping of heads. And I always felt like I was fighting, bumping into this wall. How did you get beyond that? Because it was all your issue, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys stretch your hands towards Pastor? <laughs> um, you know, just identifying that, that you... You've got to love yourself. You can't get through life if you can't love who you are. There's no possibility you can ever love another person, not even your children, if you don't love you first. Would you have been able to, to meet this wonderful man, have a great marriage? And I know you've, you've gone through struggles, but you have a great marriage if you first didn't accept who you were. Yes, I couldn't. There's no way. There's no way. I, I want you to take some time. I want you to minister because I know there's some individuals in this place that have been abused, male and female. I want you just to take some time to speak to them. Yeah. You know, I just want to encourage you that God is amazing and there's no shame that can hold us back. I don't care where you've been, what you've been through, but God has his loving arms around you. From the beginning of time, he destined you and called you. And I don't care what's happened to you. You can push through it. You can break that cycle. You can break that abusive mindset. You can break that poverty mindset. You are smart. You are able. You are valued. You are loved. You're not forgotten. You're not destroyed. There's nothing Come that on. can hold you back. No hell, no demon, no nothing. It's all him. It's all him. Amen. You know, I, I want th those individuals that have been under Catalina's ministry to stand up. You've been, you've been ministered to through her. And look at this. That girl was all jacked up till she got connected with you. And look what you've done. Look, Cisco, I ain't even going to go there. No, let's not even. <laughs> I'm so proud of what you've done. Not just what you've done even in the business realm. You know that she goes out on, in the evenings, finds prostitutes and ministers to them to share the value that they have. And so they go on pearl hunts. They go on what they call pearl hunts. So I'd be like, hey, did you go look for prostitutes? No, no, pastor, they're not prostitutes. They're pearls. And they go on pearl hunts where they go and find prostitutes and they love on them. And they find the pearl and the value in them. I love you. Love you. Thank you. I'm going to have you just bow your heads right where you are. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.